That's Grammy. That's Grampy. I'm Lil Peanut. You are listening to Praise Until Dawn on the Praise Broadcasting Network. As usual, I want to point you to our podcast of A Time Apart and Praise Until Dawn up at our website at pbnradio.com. That's PBN, Praise Broadcasting Network, pbnradio.com. And at the top of the page there, click on Podcast. You'll find both broadcasts up there. A Time Apart will have ATA colon in front of it. Want to welcome our Roku listeners. If you have Roku, great way to listen to Praise Until Dawn and Praise Broadcasting Network. Just search for, if, if you don't already know, just search for PBN or Praise Broadcasting Network. And I also want to say hello to all of our iWatch listeners, tablet, iPod, iPad listeners, Samsung, iPhone and other phone listeners, and of course our laptop and desktop listeners, and our iHeartRadio listeners. And I'm, I'm sure I've left somebody out, but whatever platform you're using to listen, welcome. Those listening by Alexa, ask her to play PBN Classic on TuneIn. 
I actually use Alexa to monitor pbnradio.com. Great way to listen. Good sound on it. I also want to remind you about our pbnradio.com Facebook page as well as my personal site. Go to our pbnradio.com homepage at pbnradio.com and click on the little blue and white Facebook logo at the top. It has a a small letter F, which is white, with a a circle of blue behind it. That's Facebook. That will take you to our pbnradio.com Facebook page. For my personal page, while you're at the pbnradio.com Facebook page, go up to the search bar and at the top enter Pat Rutherford 1232. Pat Rutherford 1232. to me (laughs) Uh, you didn't hear anything um, that was going on and I'm going to try to on the replay so that you don't hear anything but I was um, yesterday after the broadcast and after post-production I was working over here on some of the equipment and things just happen to move around all the time. I I just, I can't stand that. I've got to have things in place. And so I was using, well, a couple of things like I, I have some, okay, some trinket kind of stuff in front of me, right in front of me. And these are a couple of angels that were given to me, little, little things, you know, and I have them sitting right in front of me. And just reminders, just reminders. And I was given uh, a man. This is a. Um, I I I don't know what it's made of. A, a bronze or, or something. I don't know. He, uh, Casey and Connie got it at a, a Christian bookstore, and it's a man that is on his knees, and there's a chair there, and he's on his knees at that chair. And he's just pouring his heart out, pouring his heart out to God. And that, it, it just means a, a lot to me. And so I, I have that in place. And then there's um, a little lion and lamb sitting together. And it's been moving around and that was given i think claudia gave that to her maybe it was mandy i i I don't know but i was tired of it moving all around when i had to put stuff 
over here, I'd have to shove it out of the way. And so I said, enough of that. So I got some real strong two-sided tape from Walmart. And they're in place over there. Well, it's right in front of my... It's kind of a, 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 a sound... call it. Mike would know what to call it. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a, if you got a hum it, it, in the line, it kind of reduces the hum. And it's a, it's a neat piece of equipment, but it'll only work with Windows 10 and above. Oh my. So I've got it. I, I bring my personal laptop in here every time and it, it records the program. And I'm going into, aren't I? I'm going into a lot of information behind the scenes that you probably know. Okay, Pat, get on with the music. Um, I don't know. I always like behind the scenes stuff when, when people tell about it. So I, I noticed, I, I look, when, when the program starts, and I, I look around at the machines, make sure everything's going okay. And I noticed the levels on my laptop were off. And I'm going, what in the world? And I looked at the levels on, on the other machines. I've got three machines capturing this program right now. Some people would say, man, that's overkill. Uh-uh. <laughs> now, I've had two machines go down, and I'm glad I have that third one. Because that was the only way to that I had of that program. So, anyways, uh, it just came to mind. I, I rely on God a lot around here. I'm, I'm not real smart when it comes to electronics and all that, but I, I watch people. I watched Mike as he put stuff in. I, I watched Don and Lisa and Greg and Sandy. And I, I've learned a lot. And you don't jump to the first thing that you think. So I was quickly trying to assess everything, and I, I thought, wait a minute. Yesterday, while I was putting on that two-sided tape, I put some on, uh, it, it's, it's red like a cardinal, that, that, noise, that noise suppressor. And I had that upside down, putting tape on it, and I thought, maybe I hit a dial, sure enough. So, on this recording, the playback of the program, if I take the, <laughs> the one that's captured on my laptop, you're going to hear some, on the replay, you won't hear it now, because it, what you're hearing comes out of the, out of the soundboard soundboard goes over to these three computers to capture the program and it goes out so that you can hear it live we have a company in England that has servers around the world and we're on a couple of their servers and that's how you're hearing us live but if I play this one back you'll be able to hear if you're listening closely enough yeah, the sound go up and the sound go down. 
and so I had to kind of level it with what I'm seeing the other machines do and so you heard one ear you'll hear go up the other ear you'll hear go down because it's stereo so that's what I was doing I know it means nothing to you but it but it would on a replay so I'm going to hope that one of the other machines captures a good clean program and I'll, I'll use one of the other machines God revealed something to me and you know when this morning when I when I got up It was, Pat, you shouldn't have done that. And he revealed to me, my brother and I have had, he, he died on, on Sunday. And we've, I, I barely remember a time that, that we didn't have a contentious relationship. I, I don't know what, the problem was I from it, it's almost like the very first um, and I've always tried to kind of analyze it but maybe it's I came off as I'm the big brother you listen to me I don't know I I but the thing, one thing that really kind of brought it all on to me, I was in the shower and I was listening to a, um, a program that I was kind of previewing for a time apart. And it was Francis Chan. And I'm seeing if I can bring it up here. Yeah, I've still got it on there. And it's a program titled, How Do You Stay Humble? Oh, man. And that's, that's one thing I've been asking God about. God, I'm not a humble man. I have, you know, in my 40s, 50s, I was, uh, and even before that, I, I was an angry person. I didn't know it, but my, my dad told me once, he said, why are you so angry? You're so angry. Dad, I'm, I'm not angry. I'm not angry about anything. I, I'm fine. I, no, you're angry. So I thought, nah, well, you know, maybe he's angry. I, I don't know. And then I, I, I used to, I, I worked at, uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex at uh, Arlington 911. Arlington is where the Dallas Cowboys play, where the Rangers play, and that's Arlington. And I used to work in several different areas. I, I, I worked in Crime Information Center, uh, where we had access to 
crimes all over the United States that were in our database. Uh, we could have gone into, uh, you know, contacting international, but uh, we handled a lot of stuff over there. And then I went to police dispatch, and then I went to fire and emergency medical dispatch, which is where I ended up. Trying to learn humility. While I worked there, I would come down to where dad was at his office, Worldwide Tracers, and I would help him out. And I would come down on the weekends and, and, and help him out as, as well. And I used to handle his bookkeeping books for him. I, I was fairly good at that. Wasn't schooled in it, but uh, it's add and subtract, you know. And I noticed one of our bills, uh, Dad had Sprint phone service at that time. And I noticed that Sprint had overcharged Dad by about $250, $300. And this, this was a usual thing. You had to watch Sprint. And this, this was, you know, 16, 17 years ago, something like that. But um, I was really aggravated. But here again, we got to watch Sprint. Every month they're overcharging us. So I called them to get them to reverse all the charges. And I got a lady on the line that, uh, you know, kind of, well, those are your charges. We're, 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 we can't just take those off. And my voice went to like what you're hearing right now to a little louder and a little louder. And I found myself yelling into the phone. I, I don't care who you have on the phone. You don't yell at them. Well, after I got off the call, I, I can't remember if she erased the charges or not I, that wasn't the point for me the lesson was Pat you're angry wow I didn't realize that so for the longest time I've, I've, been, I've been trying to work on humility just God I'm not a humble man I, and so God kind of revealed it to me today and um that possibly a lot of the problem that my brother and I had was me. Soft answer, not accusatory. And just be patient. Kirk was trying the best he could. And I admire him for that. But it may have been some of the, I'm the big brother. You haven't learned yet, Kirk. 
I, I wouldn't say that, because that would really set him off. But I guess the tone in my voice would come across like that. And it's too late to acknowledge that to him. Of course, a couple of months before he died, and we had no idea he was sick, Kirk and I decided just to put our differences aside, whatever they were, Kirk, I, I'm sorry, what, whatever I'm doing, Kirk, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I'm doing, and I didn't. Kirk said the same thing, you know, I'm, however, whatever, I, I'm sorry. And we just, for a couple of months, just sent some emails back and forth, how you doing, how's the family, and all that, and we just decided to start trying just to love each other. And I'm very thankful for that too much. You never know and I'm very thankful that I don't have to look back that up to the time of Kirk's death, he and I were fighting with each other. And if I was just a tad bit more humble, it probably all could have been eliminated a tad bit more understanding of his position, where he's coming from, with patience and tenderness. This is why I all the time, Jesus, I'm, I've got nothing to give to you except me. And all I can do is throw myself on your mercy and allow you to clean me up so that I will be more humble to the next person. My brother had, uh, was in a lot of pain over the years, and I'm, I'm sure that that if anybody knows back pain and all, it would be me. And I, I, I should, you know, I've had two surgeries on my back, and, and I know Kirk's back was worse than mine. And they messed up his first surgery, and he had to go back in several years later. If I could have just been a, a little more. humble but he taught me you know looking back on it and I want you to know my brother was a good man tried hard for his family worked hard was a great salesman oh he, he could he could he had dad's ability to sell not mine I, 
As you well know over the years, I don't know how to sell a thing. I can sit here and just pour my heart out. That's all I can do, and, and many times I just say too much. But I want you to know that the main thing in my life is I want I want to learn to love more. I want to learn to keep my mouth shut and observe more from God's perspective. I was, um, this morning, I, I just, oh God, how can you put up with me? And that's what mercy and grace is all about. So I ask you to come along with me today as, as we just are in his presence with this music. This music means so much to Claudia and me, and we, we love sharing this time with you. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? He's saying, how long, Lord, do you want me to look out and see all this? There, there's violence, there's strife, there's contention, there's misery, there's suffering. Where are you, God? Why are you allowing this to happen? So here's God's response to Habakkuk. He says, look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. This wasn't the response that Habakkuk was desiring. So what does he do? He questions God again. What is it that causes you to question God? Maybe the death of a loved one has caused, has caused you to wonder why God would allow such an incredible person to die. Maybe you've seen the suffering of a friend or a family member and cannot shake from your mind the questions of why. Why, God, won't you just heal him? Or why, God, can't you just cure her? Or maybe you're going through an intensely personal situation that has you asking questions like, Why, God, is my marriage crumbling all around me? Why, God, is my son in slavery to drinking and drugs despite being raised in a godly home? Why, God, am I struggling with this addiction? I, I try my best to give it to you, but all too often it gets the best of me. How long, Lord, will you remain silent? while I'm losing my job, while I'm losing my home, while I can't provide for my family. Why, God, when I'm doing my best for you, am I experiencing the worst from others? These are all honest questions. And the best thing that we can do with them is to bring them to God in prayer. Bring all your doubts and all your worries to him. He, he won't get offended. You won't insult him. Go to him for answers. And here's what he says in chapter 2, verse 1. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Habakkuk knew that the solution to his confusion and his complaints could only come from God, so he waits. Let's remember that like Habakkuk, we must take our stand 
upon the watchtower, high above the clouds of the earth and beyond the thoughts of men, where we can quietly wait upon the Lord until he responds. That's what Habakkuk did, and then God does graciously respond to him. Behold, his soul is puffed up, it is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. The righteous person isn't someone who, who tries to, to make good with God by, by keeping to a set of rules, by doing good works, by doing good things. The righteous person is a sinner who has been declared righteous by God because of his or her trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. That is the only way a person can be declared righteous by God. There is no other way. Habakkuk knew that difficult times were coming to the people of Judah, but he also understood that their only resource was to wait on God, wait on him in faith, trusting his word and resting in his will. So I don't know the amount of pain or anguish that you came here with this morning, but I do know that your only resource, your best resource, is to bring it to God, to wait on him and to trust his word. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God has a greater plan for the earth than the evil it currently suffers. And God has a greater plan for you than the pain or the hurt or the sadness that you might be suffering. There will be a time when God will once and for all destroy all evil and will wipe away every single tear from our eyes. We don't only have the guarantee of, of this final and complete glory then but we have access to this glory right now because of christ here's what second corinthians 4 16 tells us it tells us that god made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of christ in other words you became filled with god's glory when you put your trust in jesus so enjoy god's glory in the current situation you might be in. And rest assured that every difficult season of your life will one day be transformed into a complete and eternal glory. A glory that is so magnificent that it's beyond our own comprehension. You see, Habakkuk's circumstances hadn't changed. His questions didn't all get answered the way he had hoped. But what had changed was him. He changed. His waiting on God transformed his worrying into worshiping. Let me say that again. Habakkuk's waiting on God is what transformed his worrying into his worshiping. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the field yields no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. And what he was essentially saying was, God, though everything around me is crumbling, though the economy is tanking, though I'm experiencing and witnessing utter evil and suffering, Lord, though I feel destroyed, though I have nothing, I will worship you. And though I have nothing, because of my faith in you, I don't lack anything. He says, I will rejoice in you, my God, for you are my salvation and you are my strength. You alone are sufficient for every situation. Whatever trial or hardship 
you might be in, whatever suffering or pain you might be experiencing, whatever the circumstances are, rejoice in God and worship Him. Because the truest expression of our trust in God will always be worship.
Oh, 
Did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know?
inside me cries for order Everything inside me wants to hide Is this shadow an angel or a warrior? If God is pleased with me, why am I so terrified? Someone tell me I'm only dreaming Somehow help me see with heaven's eyes And before my head agrees My heart is on its knees Holy is He Blessed am I
Oh
Many of the images of Islam in North America are ones of fear. So I walked in. Ashfeen Javid is here to shatter that picture and the division it's created. He's been invited to give a talk on understanding the Muslim mind to a non-Muslim audience. Muslims, so we think of them some crazy people that strap bomb and they blow themselves up and that's what Muslims think. Uh, they think about Muslims and so with that, uh, I, my goal is to help people understand how Muslims are anything but that. Javid is not an apologist for Islam. He's the pastor of Vancouver Christian Fellowship. But his life and incredible journey started as a devout Muslim in Iran. My grandfather was a Muslim leader. My father was part of the movement of revolution of the Islamic Republic in Iran. I was the one that was most devout. As he grew up, so did his dedication. And as a young teen, he joined Hezbollah. I didn't think just praying and fasting is enough. So I joined the Basij, which you know here in North America as, as Hezbollah. And I served in that army for three years. After a two-year stint in Pakistan, Javid was arrested in Malaysia for carrying illegal passports. He was thrown into prison. There, he had a strange encounter. And I would just uh, meditate in the verses of, of Quran. And once, as I was doing that, I felt just a fear, just feeling my heart, and I felt literally a presence of a spirit. Uh, this, this spirit immediately made me feel like my life is in danger. I knew in my heart uh, what we call shayateen, uh, satanic, demonic spirits. So I started rebuking it in the name of Allah, and I just cried out in Farsi, my own native language, said, God, help me. And the moment I said that, as clear as you hear my voice, I heard a voice. And that voice said, bring the name of Jesus. And the words that came out of my mouth sounded without thinking, Jesus, if you are true, show me yourself. And before I was finished with the sentence, that spirit had run away. And that, uh, that is how my story basically began. That is not my story of conversion, but that's the beginning of my confusion. Confusion because though Jesus is considered a holy prophet in Islam, he's not someone Muslims pray to or call upon. In the weeks that followed, that confusion grew. Why would Jesus help you? How come Jesus' name did this and so on and so forth? And so I asked and prayed and fasted that he would show me what way would he like me to follow him. And so after two weeks, I had no answer. And when I didn't have an answer, and I didn't get any signs, it made me really upset. We must understand in our mind, we are different. We are, we are very passionate people. We pour our hearts out for someone we, we, we would give our life for someone we love. And uh, because I had given everything and I had not heard an answer, I, it made me very angry and in rage I uh, yelled at God and said, you don't exist. As a Muslim, denouncing Allah was an unforgivable sin. But then he had another strange encounter in his cell. And then I felt the whole room filled with the holy presence of God. It is as if time stops. 
You know things about God without Him ever saying anything to you. The first thing I knew about Him was His holiness. I knew He's a holy God. And um, I knew that He's just. And I knew immediately that uh, simultaneously these things are going through my mind and my heart. And I knew I'm unholy. This is in spite of all the good things I've done in my life. I knew that I have sins in my life and I knew that uh, he's just and he must judge me and because of his justice, I deserve death. But that didn't happen. Instead, he felt a tap on his shoulder. Right at that moment, I felt a touch on my left shoulder and a voice that says, I forgive you. And uh, I didn't understand. I did not understand uh, what, how could that be possible? Because, because I had heard Allah is forgiving and merciful, but we cannot know his forgiveness till the day of judgment. So. I said, who are you that forgives me? And I feel forgiven today. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I did not understand what that means because I had never heard those words. So I said, what is your name? And he said, Jesus Christ, the living God. I fell onto the floor. And I just wept. He told his fellow prisoners what happened. Some shunned him, others followed him to faith. But Javi knew he needed more than his story, so he prayed for a Bible. His answer came through a fellow prisoner. Then he reached out from his bags and said, this is for you, this is what you have asked for. And I looked at it, it's a book, there's nothing written on the cover, but I knew it's a Bible. He grabbed it out of his hand, forgot to thank him, ran to the room, thank God, kissed it as we do. And when I opened it, it was in a language I couldn't read. So I thought, thank you for the Bible, but you have sent me the wrong language. And he said, no, read this. I said, but I can't. He said, read. And I said, but I can't. I don't know this language. He said, read. And I said, and as I looked upon the page, the words came alive. I could read and I could understand. It was written in English a language he didn't know then, but one he preaches in today. His message is for everyone, though his heart is for Muslims. He's never shied away from sharing his story, though it's nearly cost him his life. I went to a mosque in Bangladesh, and I shared the gospel in that mosque. And they decided to take me outside the mosque and kill me. But because the night before I had prayed for a lady and her son, and her son was dying, and he got healed in the name of Jesus. She came to the mosque and told everybody how her son had been healed. So the imams brought all the sick people to outside the mosque, set us down and said, pray for these people. Should they get healed? And should, you, should they get answered? You live, otherwise you die. And so we prayed and God answered. And they kept us there for another six days, forced us to go to their homes to preach the gospel to them, their children, and their children's children.
Today, his ministry is more than just sharing his story. It's encouraging others to tell theirs. He says that's the only way to bring hope and understanding in a world of fearful images. We need to share our testimonies. If a Muslim person is in your life, it's not because they need to hear my testimony. They need to hear your story, how you were touched by the love and the passion of Jesus Christ for you. And in the end, live a life so impacted by God, so full of his Holy Spirit, so full of his presence, that they would say, I want the same relationship with God that you have. Javid's also written a book called As Easy as Drinking Water. It's a Persian saying, he says, pertains to the forgiveness he felt from Jesus that day in his jail cell. He says there are so many others out there thirsty for that kind of forgiveness and hope. The sons of Ishmael are crying out because they are thirsty. They are thirsty for life. And Jesus is the living water. And you and I are the bearers. Out of us shall pour out the living water. But if we are afraid of them, we will not go close enough. Should I be the rock in their desert? And should Jesus flow out of me, their thirst will be satisfied.
You've been listening to Pat Rutherford and Praise Until Dawn here on the Praise Broadcasting Network. Pat and Claudia would love to hear from you. I'll give you the address in just a moment. Thank you for remembering that Praise Broadcasting Network is listener-supported. Your donations help keep PBN on the air for listeners just like you all over the world. Donations are tax-deductible in the United States and appreciated from around the world. Our address is Praise Broadcasting Network, P.O. Box 2468, Asheboro, North Carolina, 27204. You can also visit our website at www.pbnradio.com. Pat and Claudia love reading your email. You may send it to mail at pbnradio.com or call them at 336-626-PRAY. That's 336-626-7729. You're listening to Praise Until Dawn, coast to coast and around the world here on the Praise Broadcasting Network.